You know, alcohol puns are always in poor taste. You can cut that. (laughs) (laughs) Sip, sip, hooray. Cut that too. James, can you just say the next line? (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel and I'm the oldest. I'm James and I'm the wisest. I'm Andrew and I'm the strongest. I think I'm the strongest. That's a lie. I'm definitely stronger. We're We're brothers. brothers! And this is Mormon Raised. A sibling podcast. This episode is called Coffee Rules because it's better latte than never. James, always with a pun. (laughs) Welcome to Mormon Raised, the podcast where we get to talk about growing up Mormon. We're going to be talking today about something called the Word of Wisdom. So, Andrew, what is the Word of Wisdom? It's a rule in Mormonism that says you can't have any alcohol, tobacco, coffee, or tea. Yes, you heard that right, tea. (laughs) Mom called me actually not too long ago, and she was like exasperated with sibling number six and his rebellion, his crime, drinking iced tea. Iced tea, that's so scandalous. I know. You know, they actually recently clarified too that you're not allowed to vape or even have coffee or greetine flavored ice cream. <gasps> really? I didn't know that because I'm pretty sure I had coffee ice cream That's a even when I was Mormon. That is a sin. I had no idea. Wait, it has but coffee there's in it. No co- Does it? Yes. How do you think it tastes like coffee? <laughs> like coffee flavoring. Yeah. I don't know. There mu- the right, amount must be so small. Coffee Anything that has coffee in it. You're also supposed to avoid even the appearance of evil. Yes, that too. As we were taught. There was always that story, right, about the the Mormon guy, like Steve Young or somebody, who would drink milk at bars just so that everybody knew he wasn't drinking alcohol. Okay, you know, it'd be really funny as if it was a white Russian. (laughs) Eggnog. (laughs) A white Russian is literally like vodka and milk. (laughs) Which sounds disgusting. I've never had that. So uh, do you guys remember that show, Touched by an Angel, that was really popular in the 90s? Yes, I remember that. We used to watch that all the time. One of the few shows we could watch. (laughs) Well, mom told me that Christians got mad at the show because it was feeling too Mormon and that I guess too many Mormons liked the show. So to make it clear that the main character, Angel, wasn't a Mormon, they made her drink coffee. I don't think that's right. That cannot be real. (laughs) That's what she told me. I'm just saying. There's no way. That's actually a true story. (laughs) Mom lied to you. (laughs) I want to fact check that. I want to find out. You know, I waited until I was 22 to have my first sip of coffee. Um, I'm not sure when I had my first sip of coffee. I think I was 24. Yeah, I think I was 24. Maybe you know, 23. I'm not sure I've had coffee, actually. Yeah, I have. You've never had coffee? I think I've tried a sip of yours the other time, uh, the other day in New York, when I was in New York. So I guess like 30? You've only had a sip of I coffee. Don't think so. You've never had a drink of coffee. Yeah, a couple sips. And what did you think? I mean, we used to, on in Buenos Aires... On my mission, we used to drink this thing called Malta, which is like a 
it's like a roasted barley or some other kind of roasted thing that's definitely roasted not grain. coffee. And so uh, that's what everybody would drink. And so I got used to that, but I don't know. It, it tastes pretty much the same to, as coffee to me. They do not taste the same. So they have the <laughs> same thing in Brazil, and that tastes like burnt water. Coffee <laughs> actually has flavor. And once you... Once it may take a couple drinks, it may take a couple cups of coffee, but you will start liking it and it tastes delicious. And I just love coffee. It is delicious. My first coffee, maybe you'd like this. My first coffee drink was um, a Java frit, Java chip frappuccino at Starbucks. Ew. Very, it's a very easy way, very high calorie way to be introduced to coffee. I would never drink that. I mean, I'm sure if you put enough cream and whipped cream and sugar and milk in it it'll taste fine i have no issues with that like i've had coffee flavored ice cream so (laughs) (laughs) wow what a sinner well i drink it black now so oh you're so cool (laughs) in grad school i took a second job at starbucks and sibling number five told me that she was sad because she thought i was going to get addicted and become an alcoholic from being a barista James, it's a slippery slope. You never know what's going to happen. (laughs) I honestly don't think she knew the difference between coffee and alcohol. I think when you're taught the word of wisdom, they're all even sins. So drinking tea is the same as drinking alcohol. So I think it makes sense why she would get confused and why she wouldn't know that coffee and alcohol are completely different. And I think the way it's portrayed in the Mormon church and maybe even in media a little bit is that coffee is like this super addictive thing. So maybe she thought like you get hooked on coffee and that's the gateway drug. One thing I also think that we need to talk about, and I'm sorry if this is a horrible place, but I think we need to talk about Coca-Cola. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We drank tons of cola on my mission, like Coca-Cola because we weren't supposed to drink the water. Water is like not that great. So we would have to put like little chlorine drops in our water if we wanted to drink it. Or you just drink soda. All right, James, I have to call you out for calling it soda. When did you start calling it soda? It's pop. <laughs> I don't know. I used to call it pop, certainly when we were kids. <laughs> it just seems... Uh, we grew up We grew up calling it pop. I think when I lived in New York, and my, yeah, my wife calls it soda, and so I guess she's rubbed off on me. Oh, my gosh. Yep, because I still call it pop, and I live in New York way longer than you have. Wow. And you currently live in Chicago. Yeah, so I should, I should go back to calling it pop. Whatever you called it, we were not allowed to drink it really growing up. Like, we did not have pop in the house. Well, and that's just it. It was taught when the leader was Gordon B. Hinckley that as a Mormon church, we don't drink caffeinated sodas. Was it ever official, though? Because I never heard anything from the president or the prophet or anyone that um, saying that it was against the rules. I thought that it was always just like this huge like culture thing. I will also say that mom didn't let it in the house because they she thought it was unhealthy and not necessarily the word of wisdom, but that could have been me. I think that it was a generational thing. So when dad was growing up, they made a really big deal about caffeinated beverages. And so when he was on his mission, 
he's told us that he wasn't allowed to drink pop. But that seems to have shifted. And recently, so they also, uh, one of the ways in which this kind of apocryphal rule was reinforced was that it wasn't allowed at BYU. Well, also, there was that interview with Gordon B. Hinckley where, I don't know, I think it was Letterman or somebody somebody big. He was on 60 Minutes. Let me see if I can find the clip. Mormons adhere to a very strict health code. No alcohol, no tobacco, no coffee, no tea, not even caffeinated soft drinks. Right. Eat meat sparingly. Exercise. Right. Get plenty of sleep. Right. It's wonderful. Look at that. <laughs> official. Official that Mormons didn't used to drink caffeinated pop. So that has officially been phased out now. And they do, in fact, as of just a few years ago, serve caffeinated beverages at Brigham Young University. All right. Enough with the PG. Should we go to alcohol? <laughs> Let's talk about alcohol because that's way more fun. Daniel, when was your first drink? My first drink was November 8th. 2008 at Circle Lounge in Salt Lake City, Utah. I've never been there. Did it go out of business? No, I think it's still there, although it's <laughs> really prob- probably not what it used to be. This was He's not that old, Andrew. <laughs> I don't know. I've never even heard of it, and I lived in Salt Lake for a little bit. Actually, I lived in Provo, but so it was my friend's birthday party, and so you have to understand the context. Uh prop in 2008 at BYU, there was a whole lot of energy spent into passing this proposition in California called Prop 8. And this was a uh, ballot measure to outlaw gay marriage. And the Mormon church and Brigham Young University students in particular were very involved in the passing of this measure. And they, they were told to, right? Yes. So, I mean, we used to, they would, they would ask us to volunteer our time. They would, my bishop literally like would talk to each of us in the congregation and ask us to sign up to man the call center. That's horrible. Yeah, that's crazy. I actually, I think I remember that, that they were, Mm -hmm. they were like enlisting everyone to help. Luckily I was in Chicago at the time. They would bus people to California. And I had just finished my mission in California, knocking on doors. And now they were trying to get me to get on a bus and go back to California to knock on doors again, this time to invalidate gay marriage. And what do you think they were training you for? (laughs) It was awful. And I hated it. And I was, um, I was really angry and I was angry before even the election. But when the election happened, I I think that everyone was genuinely surprised that Proposition 8 passed and the people of California, by a very slim margin, actually voted to invalidate gay marriage after already the legislature had already granted it. And uh, so that was devastating. And I don't think that it is a coincidence that that same week I had my first drink of alcohol. Well, you would know. You were the one that decided to drink. (laughs) I did, because I was angry. The church asks so much of you. And I was just like, look, I'm not going to do it. So anyway, I was at this birthday party, 
and uh, it was this lounge. The server comes up to us and is like, you know, to take our order. And I have no idea what to order because, of course, I've never had alcohol before. And I told her this. I was like, this is my first time. You tell me. And so she said, do you like fruit? And I said, oh, I love fruit. And so she said, I got just the thing. So she comes back with this drink that is this fruity drink, just like you. Fruity drink, just like me. It is bright blue and it's called an AMF. Have you guys heard of this? Yes, I have. Oh, yeah. Being from or living in Utah for a little bit, I heard. But it's not a thing in New York, just so you know. No, it is. It's popular out West. It's it's an AMF, which stands for. Adios, motherfuckers. Because that's what happens. And that's I had two of them. Oh, wow. It's basically a Long Island iced tea. It's a Long Island iced tea, only instead of uh, Coke, they put heroin because, you know, Mormons, Mormons don't like Coke. (laughs) (laughs) So since Mormons don't like Coke, they put in this uh, stuff called Blue Curacao. That's like an orange flavored blue. It's orange flavored. I always thought it would be blue raspberry or something. No, it's oranges. It tastes like it tastes like orange vomit. <laughs> if you I've never had that actually, but uh, <laughs> uh, I Daniel has a lot of experience throwing up his alcohol. I do not actually. I am not. He's a been vomit. vomit three since two thousand three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it hasn't been that long. But <laughs> you have to understand what it was like being in a giant Mormon family. I mean, we didn't have coffee or tea growing up, much less alcohol. So we never we had chocolate milk and orange juice. Exactly. <laughs> and we went through so much of it that we had to have it delivered to us. I I feel like it was like two gallons of 2% milk, a gallon of chocolate milk, a gallon of orange juice. I don't know. We didn't have it delivered. The, we didn't have it delivered the entire time, especially when you guys moved out. So maybe it was just you guys that were really drinking a lot of it. I pounded the chocolate milk. Dad still gets chocolate milk for me when I visit, by the way. Just for James. (laughs) From the same dairy, right? The delivers? Yeah, overwise. Okay, we literally had it delivered one year. (laughs) We had it delivered one year. I understand (laughs) that. But my senior year of high school, the punchline of the story rests on the fact that we had it delivered to us. (laughs) Why? It was a very big deal. Because I don't think it was a big deal. The point is, we would... (laughs) So, the way I remember it... I don't think we did. I think just Daniel drank it really quickly. Forced the family to get extra milk and orange juice when everyone else just drank a normal amount. We still run out sometimes. Because you drink it all. Sometimes it's, it's out before I even arrive. Dad will buy a gallon of Oberweiss or a half gallon, whatever it comes in, chocolate milk, because I'm coming home for a holiday or something, and it'll be gone before I even get there. Yeah, because sibling number seven drinks it all. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, sibling number seven and sibling number one, you, Daniel, drink the milk. All I'm saying is if you wanted a second glass of milk with seven kids, you had to fight for it. So the way, like, the way that I would do it, you pour your first glass... Then you drink it really, really fast. Then you get your second glass, you pour it, 
and you hide it. And that's for later. But that's the only way you get a second glass is if you drink your first glass really fast because it'll be gone. There is no... <laughs> Daniel, you are insane. No, who would do well, that's this? that's how he does his alcohol you now, too. You must be the only I was sibling. Saying there was... He's double fisting every time he comes back. <laughs> no one... I'm just saying there's no such thing as <laughs> sipping in our family growing up. I, I, I Did you guys not have that? No, that is not a part of my childhood. <laughs> I know what you mean, Daniel. Thank you, James. I drank a lot of chocolate milk. Still do. Okay, I did not like chocolate milk. I'm going to put it out there. I don't like the chocolate milk at all. The milk, I feel like we always had enough milk. And the orange juice, yeah, I did I did sometimes get mad if the orange juice got out super early. but Sometimes get mad. You'd like throw a fit sometimes. I don't think so. I don't remember that. Yeah, if you didn't get because you you would sleep in, and if you didn't get your glass of orange juice, I do remember this. <laughs> if we drank the orange juice before you woke up, you would get mad. That must have been when you drank all of it, because I do not remember this at all. <laughs> I really don't. So Andrew, so Daniel chugs his first glass all the time. Still does, and then Got saves it. a second one, which is yes. a completely insane thing to do. <laughs> I'm just saying I never learned how to sip. Nobody taught me how to sip growing up. I do have a good story of me not sipping. So I um, was a senior in college and we couldn't really drink on campus because we would get it like suspended. But for my senior year, my friends thought it would be a great idea for us all to go out to Vegas because it's not that far. Vegas, baby. Yes. I had spent the summer in New York, so I had started learning about drinking. I had a great roommate that would tell me the difference between beer, wine, and um, hard liquor. And he taught me all that, but I had forgotten most of it by the time we're going to my celebratory Vegas trip. And I thought I was so smart. I was like, guys, I really like vodka drinks. (laughs) I'm going to go get a bottle of vodka. Because who doesn't like vodka drinks? I mean, I still will drink vodka drinks all the time. The problem at this time is I remembered the vodka because that's very, you know, important. I didn't remember any mixers. Mm. And I didn't even bring any cups. So we literally had a... Wait, you didn't remember any mixers or you just didn't know that you needed them? I didn't remember that we needed them. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, we are literally in a parking lot with no cups, no mixers, just a bottle of vodka, and we just start chugging it, pass the bottle around, and my friends are so confused. They're like, this tastes disgusting. Andrew, is this really what drinking is? And they never drink again. And I'm like, yeah, just do it. It tastes fine. Like, yeah. If you're cool, you like it. It was a horrible. Oh, I forgot to say the vodka was warm. Of course, the vodka was 100 percent warm. No ice, no mixers. Just pass the bottle around. <laughs> like it's a. And I was trying to convince them that this is normal. Like it's a bottle of wine or something. I of course, I of course have to drink most of it because my friends think that it tastes disgusting. No and, limes, nothing. Uh, I so no, 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 no. 
I chugged most of this bottle, completely blackout. Apparently I was crying the whole <laughs> night. They have videos of me yelling and crying and saying that no one loves me. It's it's horrible. And I'm not even an emotional drunk. It was just, <laughs> I it was dangerous, to be honest. Wow. One of my favorite drinking stories, I brought my boyfriend home for the holidays. And uh, this, so this was early on when the family wasn't wasn't quite ready for that and so i stayed we had to stay at at grandma and grandpa's house and grandma and grandpa also don't drink of course uh but they were cool with us going downtown to celebrate new year's eve with our friends and so and they lived right near this train station so we took the train downtown into chicago and we had tons of fun drinking. Well, then it was time to come home because we had a curfew. Grandma, Grandma and Grandpa gave us a very strict curfew, which was, I think it was like two o'clock or one o'clock. It was something, it must have been one o'clock because it was absurdly early. So uh, New Year's comes around, stroke of midnight, we toast, and then we rush to get on the train home. And the train was disgusting, like vomit everywhere. And because uh, it's, it's New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve in Chicago and we start, we don't recognize where we are. And all of a sudden we realize that we're on the wrong train. <laughs> oh, no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to react. <laughs> I'm listening to the story. Yeah. What happens next? <laughs> so we are drunk my boyfriend and i are drunk on the wrong train and we have no idea where we are and this and is well how before much did you uber. drink it was before uber i know okay. it, it, this is yeah. this is ancient history because you're really ancient old. history i feel like i probably had two drinks because i was a lightweight back then but he so, chugged and one <laughs> and then hid the second there <laughs> exactly <laughs> for real but there is no way you only had two drinks, Daniel. You were probably a mess. You probably, well, I don't know, shot, 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 shot. I was a mess. And so we called we called our aunt, Auntie, who is our... Uh, she's she's the, cool the cool one. one. She's the resident uh, non-Mormon in the extended family. And it was like, I, I swear it was like three in the morning when we called her and we were just like, we're lost. We're just standing at the, we, we got off the train and we were just like, can you come get us? And she came to get us and take us home. But then she's like, my parents are not going to approve. They gave you a curfew. Like they're not going to be okay with this. We're going to sneak you in. And so Auntie snuck us into Grandma and Grandpa's house. Wow, spies. You know that's not the first time she's done that. (laughs) No. Apparently she knew exactly how to sneak into that house. Again, because she's the cool aunt. James, when was your first drink? Um, I think I was almost 30. Uh And we were on vacation. (laughs) And the restaurant we were at had a specialty shot that they gave for free with the check and also wait uh, can i just go back up for a second you were 30 for coffee and for alcohol you did a lot when you were 30 30 was a big year for you it was a big year for me i might have been 29 i actually think i had alcohol before i had coffee (gasps) alcohol is more fun 
I don't know. I, I, at this point in time, I, so they gave us a free shot whiskey that was their own brewed whiskey or something. I don't know. There was something special about the whiskey and it's unlike any that I've ever seen before. Even now it's like, it was whitish actually. Maybe it was a a white Russian. I doubt it. It was, (laughs) it was definitely whiskey flavored, but it was like milky, like a little creamy and it was pretty gross. And because it was my first one, I just like sipped it, (laughs) get it down. And uh, yeah, it took me a little while after that to have a second one, a second drink ever. So then actually it was my 30th birthday where I'd say I'd have my first full drink. Andrew was and there. I was I was here to help guide you. And what's funny is I asked you, have you had whiskey before? Do you know if you like it? And what did you say? I couldn't, I didn't remember that that was whiskey. <laughs> oh, so I no, said no, I've never had it. That's the one Daniel likes, though, right? I was like, yeah, Daniel likes it. I'm not a huge fan, but I'll order you a whiskey drink. I had also... Old-fashioned comes. I had also kind of planted the idea. I thought James was going to like whiskey. Because I could just imagine... Yeah, you told me that. I just imagine him being the kind of guy who sits in a library with a leather-bound book and a nice a nice whiskey neat, you know? Okay, to be honest, though, I don't think anyone likes whiskey when they first start drinking. I don't think it's a popular first it's drink not an choice. You know what? I'm not sure anybody likes whiskey. I'm not convinced that anybody I love really whiskey. likes whiskey. No, I love whiskey. Anyway, I also got you a gin and tonic and like a fruity vodka drink, I think. Yeah, and a, you- a, a, a splash of crayon. Yes. <laughs> Hey, vodka soda with a splash of crayon. Gay water. (laughs) And um, you liked the other ones, and I was stuck with the whiskey drink. (laughs) Yeah, the old-fashioned. I love an old-fashioned. You would. I I got it. Get it, it, because you're old? So what is your favorite favorite drink now? So really, the only alcohol I actually like is a gin and tonic. I'm drinking one right now. Those were the drinks you guys liked first too, right? Yes, I actually love gin and tonic now. It was also my very first drink ever. So I had a drink my junior year of college right before I was going to New York as a thing that I wanted to try before going to New York. And I had a gin and tonic and I only had one drink. And I thought, oh, I'm so drunk after one drink. So do you think we all like gin because it's in our genetics? Uh, I told you not to tell that (laughs) joke. Yeah, James, your puns are horrible. We do like gin, though. That is a Mormon-raised brother's tradition. I will say, I don't think that alcohol really affects me that much, but I also drink very responsibly. You drink like a so scaredy cat, a, not responsibly, like, like a I, scaredy I just, cat. You know, I don't love the taste. It doesn't... What's the most drinks you've had in one night? I've had six or seven drinks in one night. When? We're at a work happy hour. It was a, a, a alumni event for a company I used to work for. All right, no matter how slow you drink them... You got drunk if you had six drinks. So I came back after, and then uh, my sister-in-law and my wife were at home, and my sister-in-law had just flown in, and they were playing Yahtzee, so I sat down, played Yahtzee with them, 
They asked if I had been drinking, so I definitely probably was a little bit drunk, but I, I, again, I didn't feel that drunk, so I've never really felt the need to go further. I think we need to go to your wife to get the real story. You were probably, like, passing out and, like... Slurring your words. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't slurring my word. <laughs> Falling over. You couldn't walk. I was, I was teasing Here's him. Here's the secret to drinking, James. You take your first glass, and you drink it real fast. And then you pour your second glass. <laughs> and then you, and hide, you hide it, it. <laughs> because that's what Daniel does. I mean, that's more or less how I drink. I drink one drink, and then I get a second one, and I hold on to it for a while. Usually when I'm with you, James, you have three drinks or less. Yeah, that's, uh, that's I'd say that's pretty accurate. I, me too, you know. I, I probably have three drinks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's buying that for a second, Andrew. You're a sloppy drunk, too. Uh, more like a slutty drunk. Okay, guys, no, I'm not sloppy or slutty. I'm just very fun. All right, all I'm saying is there was that one time when you asked me to help you move. Okay, let me tell the story so I can tell it correctly. I was at a work happy hour for a manager that had just gotten engaged, but it was also Cinco de Mayo. So and we went to- it was also the night before you were moving. Yeah, it was the night before I was moving. Yes, you are correct. And so we started drinking margaritas and we weren't very hungry. So we just had a lot of margaritas and then, oh, and tequila shots because it was a celebration for her engagement. So it was like, oh, (laughs) we have to celebrate. Drink, shot, drink, shot, drink, shot. (laughs) Exactly. To celebrate the engagement. And like, it was fun. And then they wanted to go to a gay bar. And this was the first time that I was bringing my coworkers to a gay bar at the time. And I was so excited. It kind of meant a lot to me that they wanted to go to a gay bar because, you know, I love gay bars. Well, I start wanting to get them all drunk. And so I'm like ordering drinks for them, but they're all drinking beers and I'm drinking a vodka soda because I'm a skinny gay. With a splash of crayon. I actually don't do the splash of crayon. I, too many calories. Too many calories. <laughs> I do a vodka soda. And I was drinking them rather quickly, making sure that my friends are having a good time or my coworkers are having a good time. And we did. We had a great time. Well, then I don't really remember. But apparently they left and I stayed. And I think I tried to leave and go on the street somewhere and I fell I fell really hard and I cut up my entire face like above my lip on my cheek and blood was going everywhere so one of the only memories I have at this time is I'm in the car and they're just giving me napkins I'm not sure if they got these from a restaurant or something but they were giving me napkins to try and like clogged the bleeding so that it wasn't gushing out everywhere. Who's they? Who's giving you napkins? Oh, I have no idea. It's a random taxi, (laughs) a random car. Someone was nice enough to pick me off the side of the street and drive me home. And And you confirmed it wasn't your coworkers the next day. Correct. (laughs) The kindness of strangers. So fast forward to the next morning. I show up bright and early 
Well, I wake up first before you even get there. So I wake up and I'm so confused why there's blood everywhere because I didn't do anything to address my wounds before going to bed. I literally just went on the bed and they are covered in blood and I'm confused. I go out, everything's a mess and I don't remember what happened. And so then I'm like texting Daniel, I think, to be like, come help me. No, I I came because you had already arranged for me to show up. So so I show up that morning to help you move. And I walk into the apartment and you look like a mess. Your face is just black and blue and swollen and bloody. I go into the room and your sheets are soaked in blood. I mean, it it looked like a crime scene. I was wondering... Like, was this a hate crime? Like, what happened? And I couldn't tell you what happened. I did text my coworker <laughs> asking something like crazy night, tr- uh, trying to see if he would tell me what happened. <laughs> he didn't know anything. It was a it was a mystery. mystery. But meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, nothing in your apartment. Nothing. Was absolutely nothing. And we had like three or four hours before the movers came to move the boxes, but nothing was in. And the I boxes. even remember a couple hours before this, I had woke like any time I'd woken up until this moment, I was just freaking out. I didn't know like w- what had happened. I was trying to figure out if I needed to go to the hospital to get stitches. I yeah, was. You ju- called me. Yes, I called uh, James. I Facetimed them, being like, "How bad is are these cuts?" I just remember, so I kind of, I I took charge of the moment and I was like, okay, you rest, like sit down. I gave you something really easy and simple to do. And then I just started boxing all your shit. But I also (laughs) remember you were like, can I like keep my sheets? (laughs) And I was like, no. (laughs) Like you have to dispose of them in a biohazard. (laughs) (laughs) you can't like they're ruined it's all you know you know how many bloody sheets are in new york city dumpsters i mean or really new york city trash bags on the street oh james how many trash bags do you go through in new york i'm just saying i wouldn't be surprised Uh, well i woke up once i woke up once when i was living in new york and i walked down my steps and it was early. I was taking uh, an exam in the morning, and there was somebody who had kneeled down and had put their face on the sidewalk and was sleeping with a pool of drool with their butt in the air on their knees and face. So at least <laughs> I made it home. There you go. Oh. But I just want to thank the the kind soul who, like, put you in an uber home because who knows who what would have happened if no one had stepped in to help you not only did they put me in an uber home they were on there was at least two people one on either side of me really giving me napkins and that's all i remember but they were in the car with me so if you are listening thank you i don't know what i would have done without you maybe it was your fault maybe you're the reason why i did (laughs) all over no 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 (laughs) No, 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 no. But thank no. you. Thank you anyway. <laughs> we all know. Well, no good deed fault. goes unpunished. <laughs> we all know whose fault it was. 
afterwards, I went. You've been injuring yourself since you were born. Okay, also true. I have. I am very clumsy. I fall all the time. I fell when I was younger. I am very, very clumsy. But I had to go back to work on Monday, and none of them knew that I had fallen, and so they were shocked. So it happened after. It happened after they. Yes, left. it definitely happened after they left. And so when I went there, they were all shocked to see my bloody face and so confused. And I didn't really have a good story to tell them. So I think I lied to most of them. I told the truth to like the people I was close to, but I lied saying that like I oh I knew exactly I remember everything. I was like fell when I tried to run across the street. And do you remember, <laughs> mom and dad FaceTimed you? to ask how things were going with the move. And I like had to answer the phone and like yes, try I to not show your face. I didn't, like, I didn't FaceTime for the longest time, them for the longest time. And I grew facial hair because I had to cover up some of the, like the scar above my lip. I not only cover it up, but I, like it was, it was like an open wound. I wasn't about to shave it. So I got a beard and then I got a mustache and I wouldn't FaceTime them for, I don't know. I want to say like two months <laughs> until it healed. Uh, the things we do to hide drinking from mom and dad. Sometimes it feels like we're still like 16 or like we're, we are as adults behaving the way that like other people behaved when they were 16. Yeah. Like you have to think about every post that you post on Instagram. It will mom and dad see it. Can I post it on my story so that they won't see it? Something like that. Yep. Yeah. So now that I, I, since I've gone so long without drinking, occasionally when I do decide to drink, I'll have like coworkers or people who will be like, wait, what? What's going on? You drink? And I'll be like, yeah, I guess, you know. I thought you were Mormon. Yeah, exactly. And then I have to explain. I left the Mormon search. And if you want to hear more, there's a podcast I can introduce you to. <laughs> a really fantastic and fun podcast. And it's called Mormon Raised. <laughs> Extra music. Do, 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 do. All right, let's close this podcast just like we were raised. In, In the, the name, name of gin, gin and, and tonic. tonic. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, gulp it. Don't sip it. And share it with all your friends like a warm <laughs> bottle of vodka. Follow us on Instagram at Mormon Rays Podcast and don't forget to subscribe. The music in this episode is Anthem for the Good Life by Young Presidents, courtesy Shutterstock, Inc.